0: Action Park Media. Alright everybody, welcome to Dominic's Den. Uh, We all know him as uh, the creator and writer and executive producer of the hit series Everybody Loves Raymond. Author of the book You're Lucky, You're Funny. Winner of the James Beard Award. And the host of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Somebody Feed Phil. He once said, You can't kill people if you're eating and laughing with them. Everybody, Phil Rosenthal.
1: Yay! There Dominic! you go. Hey! Now. <laughs> Hi, Dominic. Look at you with a show.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, that quote. It's something, uh, well, we always sit down. We eat a lot every time we see each other, no matter, you know, if I'm in L.A., we're eating together. If we're in New York, it's the first thing you say. Where are we eating? Let's eat.
1: And what people don't know is it's the only way to keep Dominic from killing me Because <laughs> he's an animal. Yeah. You're an animal. <laughs> you fat
0: bastard. <laughs> I, I I never forget the the the, the first time you, you were, were sitting. I think I think it was in your kitchen, in the, the little nook nook area there. And uh are yeah. like, yeah, yeah, just giving it, a, you fat bastard. He looked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile,
0: there's like six seven people at the dinner table.
1: But you encourage this kind of language because you speak with a certain Bronx vernacular, right? Yeah, and it makes you, if you're me, want to talk like you. And so I only say that because it sounds like something you wouldn't say. Oh, I say know. That I
0: know. I bring out the best in you.
1: You do. It's who you are, who I wish I was. Tough guy. Tough and guy vice I versa. The tough on the wire. I wish I was the tough guy on the wire instead of the nebushi Jewish kid who gets beat up from people from <laughs> the wire.
0: So you, you want to tell everybody how we met, Phil?
1: No, nope. no. Nope. Good night. night. (laughs) I was casting a show for Henry Winkler, and it was based on Henry Winkler's actual life, wherein his daughter, who was born and raised in Beverly Hills and had everything Beverly Hills ish about her and her personality, and she fell in love with a guy who was doing construction on the Winkler's house who was the opposite of Beverly Hills. Not only was he the opposite of Beverly Hills, but he was the opposite of Henry Winkler's personality. Henry Winkler's personality is the nicest, sweetest, most loving, generous, beautiful guy you'll ever meet. And when he met this construction worker who started dating his daughter, he could not stop hugging and kissing him because that's who he is. And what was hilarious to me upon hearing this story was that the construction worker hated being hugged and kissed. Oh, by yeah. Like right? Yeah. So I thought, that's a show. We're going to do that show based on Henry's real life. And what I need is a construction worker guy who I described in the script as a young James Gandolfini type. And lots of guys came to read. But then Dominic Lombardazzi came in, and Dan—if he wasn't a young James Gandolfini type—and even talked like the way he talked—and I fell in love with you immediately. Not just because of you being uh, being perfect for the part, but I'd seen you in The Wire and thought you were a fabulous actor. And the only thing I needed to see was if you were funny, and then you were, which made you one of my favorite people in. The whole world.
0: It, it, it really meant a lot to me walking into that room because you, you really made it very comfortable. Um, you made it I, 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 I Well, I, I was very nervous. I was very nervous. Uh, I At one point, uh, I, I walked in there and um, I, I said, what am I doing here? You know, I'm looking around. I'm like the ugliest guy in the room. I I I I grab my sides, I walk out, and I'm outside, and I'm still looking over my stuff. My stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, how, how do I, how do I make this funny? And then I, it's all, it, it was all in the text for me, it really was. But how how do I show that? And we're both fans of the honeymooners, and what I always yeah. remembered was. Jackie Gleason was genius as Rolf crammed him because everything he said, he believed.
1: That's right. Committing. He,
0: exactly. So you play, I played it, I played it straight. And
1: well, a lot of people don't, a lot of people think they have to make it funny instead of just being who they are. Right. Yeah. Now there's a certain amount of luck involved in that. Who you are happens to be perfect for this part right, but you can't force it otherwise right no if it was a if it was a skinny little blonde kid you're probably not getting that part
0: right? yeah
1: I mean but if you can be you naturally and that happens to be right, you get the part i I
0: remember uh being seven eight pages into um uh, the audition and you you're like okay, enough and you you started talking to me a little bit and and uh I believe Max and Jake they wanted the rest of the eight pages because I, the audition was basically every scene uh that he was in in the pilot, and
1: yes
0: I was like, oh man uh okay let me let me see if I could keep going. And uh, I kept going. I finished. And you go to me, have you ever done a sitcom before? And I go, no. Have you ever done a play before? No. And and you go to me, I think you could do it. And it just gave me such confidence. And then the table read and the test and all these things that I was nervous about. Because a bit of a neurotic. I had the d- dyslexia problems. Uh, reading table reads get me nervous. I never had to test before. All the shows I've done before that, I never really, I never had to test for a network or a studio. It just that it just organically happened where I, I I got the part, and so it was something completely new to me, and yeah, and I don't think I would have been able to do it if you didn't hop on the phone and, you know, give me your time. Because, you know, you go to audition, you don't hear from the people, and you took the call, and you got on the phone with me, and you said, you're you're my guy.
1: Well, I so, wanted you. I didn't do that with everybody, but I wanted you. And it meant you. the world
0: to me. Yeah.
1: You were my number one, and I wanted to make sure you got it. So I, I, I wanted to fix it. <laughs> I needed it. But uh, I'm glad it. because the, the show didn't go, but something better happened and we became lifelong friends. And that's the, that to me is more And
0: important. is that the new room you're in?
1: The room I'm in is Ben's old room. And after he went to uh, college, Monica came in here and put this torture device here, this Pilates machine. <laughs> yeah and we're lucky for right now for this half hour that I can sit here because uh, she's not, you know, bending into a pretzel over there. She lets me (laughs) use the computer.
0: Who's in the uh, the guest house?
1: You mean your house?
0: Did you tell the people you lived here uh, for how long did you I I always start the story this way, Phil. It's, yeah, well, I was, he, he, I I lived in this guest house while I was doing the show. It burnt down. What? It burnt I had nothing to do with it. I could tell you, the firemen came. They they saw they showed the V on the on the wall, which indicates it was an electrical fire. So don't think I actually burned down the, the guest house. But what Phil likes to do <laughs> is this: in a room of crowded people during movie night. So Sundays uh, is 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 movie night and pizza and movies and. You meet all different types of people and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great dwelling. And, and uh, this, this is what he does. Hey everybody's dumb. He, he burnt the guest house down.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. Oh, and then, then the reaction is, Oh, that was you. <laughs> it was scary because um, the guest house is two levels. And when I called Phil, there was just this smoke, this yep. this. I, I I could smell something burning. I could smell electrical. Yep. I could, so I, that that's when I call. I I actually called yep. the, the 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 guard in the front before calling you, and he said, "Make sure, make sure you call Phil. I'm gonna call the fire department." So it hadn't turned into a five o. Five o'clock alarm blaze or whatever, so I get off the f- yeah, and uh, I I get off the phone with Phil. I turn around, and yep. it's just a blanket of fire. Just yep. all you know, all, all all the insulation denim on the walls, all that catch. So I'm, I'm I'm trying to think, what do I grab? What do I grab? I grab my knapsack, <laughs> and and I I kind of jump through. That that one the, the one door that leads to the stairs downstairs, and that- well, first I came,
1: first I came outside because my guest house was <laughs> on fire, and I had to take a look. So I come there. You're in the backyard looking up at the second floor, and we see smoke up there, and I actually see flames up there, but it's not gigantic no, smoke. It's, it's a lot of smoke, but it's not gigantic it was, yeah. flames. So I think, why don't we go, let's get some water and go up there? And we opened the doors to the downstairs. And the smoke that poured out of the downstairs, even though we were half in, half outside, I was coughing for a week just from that. Now you know how people could succumb to smoke inhalation and that's it. Because it the smoke replaces the air, right? And that's all that's getting in your lungs. And so that was that was the scary part. Uh, not scarier than you having to run behind the wall of
0: flames. I lost all my clothes, my computer. I, I lost everything except what I had on my back, which was, wasn't was much. in and my back, I lost my wallet, my credit card. But
1: for me, oh, I now had to accept this house is probably going to burn down, now.
0: <laughs> right. That's what I was. I was worried that it would. It would either burn some of the uh, the properties on the other side of the fence or come our way because when we opened that door it was a blanket of gray
1: yes yes but what was funny was that the, the fire department came right away they were awesome and they ran into the gate and the first guy through the gate went right into the lily car <laughs> up to his waist <laughs>
0: And, but we, we we then we did warn them, and they could and 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 it happened three or four times after that. Uh,
1: it was it was like, like why, why, uh, what, watch stoned, your step, watch your step. Yeah, sure out. enough, in there. What I love about the fire department is uh, to to you and me, it's a fire behind the bed, right? And if you just go up there and hose it down, we'll be okay, right? They go up on the roof and they start chopping the roof open (laughs) like wait a minute is there no saving the house my shingles i have solar heating up there do you know what (laughs) that and it was you know it was a year before that house was the same again because you have to get a permit from the city of los angeles to rebuild right yeah and that takes months and then you you have to you know design everything. You have to know what's replaceable. You have to rewire everything because I we think it was faulty wiring that caused the fire, right? But then you moved into the main house for a couple yeah, months.
0: Yeah, the right? back room, yeah,
1: yeah. So so we weren't getting rid of you that fast, even though you burned the house down. No, but
0: it, it was. Um, now I'm in the That's main much house. That's we love
1: you. You can burn our house down and we still love you.
0: <laughs> What's the tally on the uh, the WCK, the World's uh, Central Kitchen?
1: Oh my goodness, it's millions millions of dollars. I have no idea. But, but oh my God, uh, I I set a limit, uh, a dollar amount that uh, I haven't quite hit yet. So I'm still matching your donations if you want to contribute to uh, the World Central Kitchen and everything they're doing to not just feed people in need, but hiring restaurant staffs, people who are suffering now because their business has been crippled by the by the virus, they're hiring restaurant staffs to make the food for the people who need it. So that's mm-hmm. a win-win, right? You're helping the restaurants and you're helping the Absolutely. people. Absolutely. So that's fantastic. And, and so if you go to uh, somebodyfeedthepeople.org, and contribute to World Central Kitchen through that portal that enables me to match your donation. Have
0: you have you been talking to uh some of the people like in Los Angeles some of the uh business owners there yeah. and and so what 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 are they saying?
1: Uh, a lot of them uh uh tell me that that this saved the business for now, right? I mean, I still think it is a whole separate show we could do that the government should bail out the restaurants, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, because this is a, this is a, they, the restaurant industry, independent restaurant industry in America is the largest employer of people than any other industry in the country other than the US government, right? And we right. don't want to wake up when this is over and just have hoity toity expense account restaurants for rich people and McDonald's for the rest of us. That, and nothing in between, like our diner our coffee shop, our italian restaurant, mom and pop, chinese restaurants, every restaurant, imagine a world without it. This is where society happens. This is the fabric of the country. Are these places, it's where we meet, it's where we you know, get work done. You know the declaration of independence was not written in independence hall, it was actually written in the restaurant around the corner, wow, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they they fixed it up in the office, but the arguments and discussions and all the stuff happened over food and drink in the. It's local a great, place. it's
0: a great way to communicate with people. It's a great way to uh, get to know someone, you, you know. And um, it's everything. I, I know I, I I know people that are just
1: just surviving. Well, another weird connection that we have is this terrible connection with uh, both our moms contracting ALS, and and that's a very horrible disease. And I'm I'm doing everything I can to fight that. Uh, but that's a weird thing that we both our moms would have this. It's
0: uh, I can. Uh, it's something um, that's very difficult to talk about because it's such a. It's such a horrible disease. It's, uh, if, if, if anyone could only imagine being a prisoner in their own body, it's, uh, it's it's, terrible. Yeah. Really difficult to watch someone you love go through that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In every disease that that kills you is terrible, but this one tortures you first too. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's, it's, it's, and it's undefeated so far, but we're going to, you know, we're going to fight and find the cure and do whatever we can. Look how the world can come together during COVID, right? As terrible as it is, the whole world was united, like in uh, Independence Day against the common enemy, right? All come together. And, and Biden is right when he says there's nothing we can't do when we do it together, right? When we all have a single-minded... Uh, uh,
0: and that goes, way, that goes back to your father's generation. Right. Right?
1: Uh, so that, that's, that's the hope. That's the hope. And there are these hidden, these hidden blessings in uh, these COVID times, this, this lost year that we've had. Uh, hopefully it won't be more than a year, but it certainly changed life on the planet right yeah can
0: can you navigate uh, as regarding um somebody feet is there anything you yeah. could do uh to show people the with uh during these pandemic times uh Absolutely. what's what's filmed, what's gonna happen with we that
1: been, we could have been filming the whole time i think uh safely with masks and with certain protocols the way the movie industry you know continues, but you know there are many places where eating outside is fine. And, and or at least accepted and there's a careful way to do things and there's a not careful way and I would have been fine going to the places that we can go to and just call it uh, somebody feed Phil al fresco where we're, <laughs> eating. we're eating outside right yeah. same, it'd be the same show. maybe I'm not hugging and kissing you as much but, but it's the same spirit I think and I want to support I want to get out there and support the restaurant industry. But for whatever reason, you know, Netflix wants to make sure that people are watching and then make their decision on the budget and everything. And that's what we're doing now. I think we're coming back, but I can't tell you with certainty because I don't know what the budget is. I don't know what they're allowing, what they're not allowing. And I have to wait for, frankly, the world to open up a little bit more to, to, to go. But even if it didn't open up more, I would just do all the shows in the United States for now. People would understand. And some of our best at- have been the cities in America. Right? The one
0: the the uh, the one that I was in?
1: That was the exception. Nobody liked that right? <laughs> 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 one.
0: No, I, I, get, I, I get more I phone calls that. from people that say, oh my God, I didn't know you were in some somebody feeds Phil. Wow! Yeah, so I, I I get that all the time on my that Twitter, so on my
1: Instagram, and, yeah. and we've been back to Raza in New Jersey, our favorite. A few place. times we've been back there a few times since then. Yeah, it, what a great time we had doing that.
0: Do you know what I loved when I was in LA? Yeah. So every now and then we would we would visit because some some of the best food is the in, in LA. I find you get you get off a truck, and. And we would go get a burrito or we would, a, a taco. The sometimes we got the fish That's tacos. Right. We, we we would find That's these right. up uh, um, the trucks. Yeah. And what I loved is when 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 somebody feed Phil came out. Every everyone would stop you on the street. Oh, I love your show. And it, for me, it was such a beautiful thing to witness. <laughs> Everyone I, the should way, have, and, and, yeah. And the way you interacted with people. I, I love loved them. it.
1: I loved it. Well, you know, I, I put my heart into the show and, but what I get back is, is, you know, it's so beautiful. How could I stop doing it? it yeah. It's so nice. I think everyone should have my level of fame, which is this once a day. Somebody says, we like your show, right? Yeah. Well, maybe once a day, twice a day. If I'm super famous that day, Right. But that's you should have that in your house. Hey, good job. Right. Somebody, everyone should know what that feels like. That little bit of validation that you're at least on the right track and you're not screwing it up today.
0: That's so true. That's so true. It'll pick you up. It'll really pick you up.
1: I wish that people could experience that, what I'm experiencing. The The whole point of my show is that you can do what I do. You can have what I have. Yes, it looks like I have this charmed life, but you can have it. I find that joy every day at lunch with somebody, right? And now during COVID, it's in my backyard. People come and we sit a safe distance away and we support the restaurants by having some takeout and then dinner with my family. Love, love, love. Those are like the hidden blessings of the terrible time where, right? And, and uh, uh, you can travel in your own town. You can travel without moving from your couch by looking at your phone and seeing the restaurants in your town that you haven't tried yet. And maybe there's a Peruvian place that you didn't try ever because what do I know about Peruvian food? I'm afraid I won't like it. Oh no. What if you don't like it? Oh no. We're not
0: kids. Yeah, well, I, you know, you're the one who... Um, I have to be very honored, but you know, before before meeting you, um, I, I kind of had my routine of places to eat and that kind of things. And you really op- opened a whole new world to me. We would oh. I re- every every other day we would go eat something new—Korean barbecue or sushi yes. or you know, just it's the way to travel. Yeah, yeah, and right. the, which is the which is the most important message about your show. Is, you know, it's not just about food. It's about, you know, hey, get on a plane, go somewhere, meet, meet new people, meet different people, learn from other people.
1: If somebody gave and, you a house, uh, somebody gave you a house, here's your house, big house just for you. It's a gift. It's yours. Would you stay in one room of a house? Absolutely not. Check out all the rooms of the house. So somebody gave us this big planet, Right. Why not check it out as, at least as much as you can? It just, it's just curiosity.
0: This is what I love about the show. Yes, the food, your interaction with all these different cultures and the people, and you could genuinely see on their face how much they, they like you being there and, and them being able to feed you. Is something that I want to experience. I right. I I I I want to go to the, the the little mom and pop store the store in in France. Right. And I did that once actually. I was filming in France. Yeah. And it started. I had I had a reservation at at some 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 restaurant and it just started raining. Yeah. Really hard. And I'm 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 on one of these side streets. I'm with my buddy Jimmy Palumbo, uh, and I said, you know what? Let's just go in here. Little little restaurant, maybe eight, nine tables in there. Walked in there. Had probably one of the best meals I had in France. I wish I, I wish I could plug them right now and, and remember them, uh, the name of the place. But it was one of the best meals I had in France, in Paris. So that's
1: a great story. And guess what? Every single person I know who's ever traveled, including myself, has that story. Yeah. It's a beautiful right? thing. Yeah. That you could walk into a corner place that you didn't have a reservation for, that you went into because it was raining or you were just hungry and it was just convenient, and suddenly you had the meal of your life. Right. That can happen to you, but it doesn't happen when you sit at home.
0: No, it's you know, it's uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Some people don't have the resources to 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 travel like that. Absolutely. But then again, you don't really, you you know, you could just venture outside of your, your, your little city, your, your, your little borough.
1: Yeah. wherever you live, that can happen to you. You just have to take that baby step out of your comfort zone. So you see me, you know, in the way I sold the show, you've heard this is I said, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain. If he was afraid of everything. (laughs) (laughs) And so that is about me trying to not be afraid of everything. Yeah. And as the show progresses, I get a little more adventurous. It's things I don't want to do that my brother, the producer, makes me do. Richard. Stupid Richard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Richard re- really must love when I'm around, when we're eating, because he doesn't get picked on. I'm the one that gets picked on, the fat bastard. And so Richard's like, yeah, is the, I'm coming to dinner. Oh, great, great. Man, he fantastic. Loves you. I love, yeah, I love Richard. I, I, he, lo- I love the Rosenthal
1: family. Well, I have, I have the best job in the world, I'm going to say, 90% because of Richard, right? Because he yeah. makes it so. And makes I it happen. And I get to travel the world with my best friend. You can cut this part. I don't want him to hear it.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> you had Ben with cut, you. Cut this uh, what was it, season two? <laughs> when did Ben work with you?
1: Ben's worked with PA a, a couple of seasons, and, and even uh, we did a Hawaii show and he was on the crew but then i also wanted him in the show because i love having my family in the show because why? because i know when you go on vacation you're probably bringing who? your family, right? so yeah. that's i wanted to to show you what it what it's like to be with your family on a vacation to a place that maybe you don't know about and you're experiencing together for the first time. It's not about the food the show. I'm just using food. I always say food is the great connector and then laughs
0: of the cement there you go see mm-hmm. see karen he he, he he did his own quote <laughs> we were gonna say that it's one of our favorite quotes of yours and uh and and now you know why he won the uh the james beard award
1: yeah.
0: you know yeah. it's, and, it's
1: about connecting to the people it's really
0: yeah. nice let's play a little rewind because uh, i just want the audience to know something here uh when did you realize you wanted to be in, in show business? Whether I can't remember. Was it always writing or was it?
1: Oh, no. When you're a kid. By the way, The Honeymooners you're, is the after, first one right? I remember watching as a right. little kid. Right? And I was obsessed with television because, why, it's magical. You know, you sit in an apartment in New York and the Captain Video. <laughs> Space <laughs> helmet on Captain <Kept> Video. Captain <laughs> Video. Be I be- love that episode. You know, if I, was a, if I was a fat kid, I probably would have wanted to be Ralph Crandon. But I was uh, a skinny kid, so I wanted to be... Norton. Would you... I, I,
0: you know what I love about that episode is when he... Not only when he takes out the big sandwich... Yes. But um, when he... Um, when, he kick, when, 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 when he kicks Norton out, Right. Yeah, and, and and then Norton sneaks back in.
1: Yes, And he hears body the
0: gunshots.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> the thing, he's like, this is everything. So funny. Uh, but there's, I mean, uh, talk about acting lesson, right? If somebody does that and they're not as good as them, you're like, this is too broad and sticky and it's not, you know, stop it. Nobody behaves like that. Unless they're really, really funny. Like right. this, where the broadness, they, you're in on it. We know that they're doing it broad, but they're so funny and so great at it. And yet so can be so real when they have to, right. Right. That you, you buy it all. That's the very rare thing to tread that, those lines because you remember the serious moments. I talk about it in my book as this seminal kind of moment for me. In understanding that if you don't have the heart in the characters, you really don't have anything. Total commitment. Great comedy. Yes. And
0: those those two complemented each other. Yes. Uh, you couldn't have the show if, if one of them were, were not there. It's, oh. it, it's just not possible.
1: And with his wife, with with Alice. Oh, yeah. Joyce Randall, Audrey right?
0: Meadows. That's yeah.
1: That's Uh Anyway, what were we saying? Oh, I love them. And when you're a little kid, you don't know there's writing and directing and producing going on. You see these guys, they're funny. I want to be like them. So I would imitate them around the house at three years old and four years old. And I'd make my parents' friends laugh. And I thought, this is a good feeling. I'm going to pursue this. Meaning I'd do it for my friends. And I would do it in school. And in school, you start getting uh, reprimanded for fooling around in class. Yeah. And so the only legal way to be funny is to be in the school play. And so that's what I did. And I thought I was going to be this character actor. I thought I would be Art Carney. I thought I would be doing character stuff and, and just being funny on stage. That's all I wanted. And I was very encouraged in high school uh to do that i was a big star in high school right right and then i was a big star in college where i majored in theater and during that time they make you if you're majoring in theater do all the stuff you're never going to have any use for like english (laughs) (laughs) and playwriting analysis right and directing and producing and you learn all the things. And I tell everybody who wants to be in this field, if you're an actor, take a writing class. If you're a writer, take a directing class. And right. an acting class. You want to make all the branches of the tree as strong as possible, right? Because then the trunk is stronger. And you never know where that job is going to come from. Because guess what happened to me when I graduated college and moved into New York to be a character actor? Guess what? I told everybody I was a big star in high school and college, and they didn't care. Yeah. Surprisingly. Right? And so I had to suffer and take all the odd jobs, which it turns out is great fodder for later life to draw from. Right. In other words, if you're going to write about real life, you should have one. Yeah. Right. If my parents had a lot of money and I came from money and I just knew about a rich, fancy life, what would I write about? Nothing. But I sold farm and implement cleaner on the phone for four months. I worked as a security guard at the Metropolitan where Museum of Art. Where you fell asleep? Where? I, yes. <laughs> embarrass me, Dom. On the job. <laughs>
0: Yes, I just I love asleep. that story. I, I fell love asleep that
1: story. on a 300-year-old bed because I was <laughs> midnight to 8 in the morning shift. And I thought at 21 years old that I could do that. And it turns out that I couldn't do that. <laughs> and I fell asleep on a 300-year-old bed. But eight years later, when I was writing a sample script to prove that I could write a sitcom, I, with my partner at that time, wrote a Roseanne episode in, in 19, uh, wow. what was it? 1989 80. when I came to LA. okay, Roseanne was on TV and we wrote a spec script. What are we going to write about? What's the story? I said, what if her husband takes a second job at the local museum, midnight, eight in the morning, and he falls asleep on a 300-year-old bed? And we started sending that around. And people said, what an imagination.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Any embarrassing, any auditions? Um, uh, Anything that stands out to you? It was like one one of those forgetting moments.
1: I was such a a failure as an actor. I couldn't (laughs) even get an agent. I couldn't get an agent. And I went on open calls. Remember the magazine backstage in New York? Oh yeah,
0: I remember it. Yeah, all the time.
1: That's, That's the only all I thing had. We had. It was open yeah. calls. That's oh, it. Maybe I could be an extra in a TV show or a movie. And you walk in and there's 40,000 other people. For the for the non-paying extra role.
0: Right. And I'm like,
1: what the hell am I doing? Right? You so ever? I, I didn't have the stomach to audition. When I did audition, I was a nervous wreck, and 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 yeah, I got into some plays now and then, and, and that was fine. But nobody would come. Right. <laughs> nobody would. Come. Why would it's... you? And there was a there was a place. I think it was like thirtieth and eleventh in a warehouse. And I remember my parents came to see me in this play do a small part in a Shakespeare play, and my parents. Who've paid for my education and seeing it now pay off at a warehouse on 30th and 11th in Manhattan (laughs) in a very unsafe neighborhood with no heat in the building in the middle of winter? And I look out and I see my parents bundled up with their coats, freezing, supporting their idiot son. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we
0: have, you know, we have beautiful parents. You know, uh, people—they, yeah. I'm sure—they always supported you. They never steered you a different way. Yes, um, they
1: just wanted me to have, and I'm sure you've heard this before, Dominic. Just have something to fall back on. Yeah, right. And that's only because they care about you and don't want you starved to death <laughs> in the in the, uh, in the in show business.
0: I I, I remember uh, having an audition and it just wasn't going well. It just. It wasn't there, man. It just wasn't there. I literally, uh, I said, uh, you know, uh, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to walk out. I suck. And I, I got up and I walked out. And then what with Ho- hor- the most <laughs> horrible drive home from the city of on course. the West side highway and, and, stuck in traffic and I'm just I'm running, I'm running the audition of and course. as I'm running into my head I'm like, wait, well, shit, you're saying everything correct, now everything is okay, now I don't know what happened it, it, it was just the most embarrassing the moment it? hold on a minute yeah ah uh, what are you watching now? you <laughs> 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 i i started uh you on uh, your recommendation uh sound of metal
1: oh come on great
0: unbelievable
1: great oh my god that's a great movie i watched it twice already that's how much i like it and i was like uh, to be honest i don't know if i want to i get a little squeamish with 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 disabilities and things like this you know that because of what's our greatest fear is is something you know tragic like that happening to us and i don't want to see the rehabilitation thing i don't want i just i'm not into it i don't you know it's depressing to be honest not this not this how far along are you
0: um oh, oh, well past the uh the middle of the movie it's just uh when he's starting to get a little acclimated to the uh to the, to the to the to the church they call it yeah, yeah. but what i found the first 25 minutes of that movie and i yeah. and, and there's a few movies i could say this about one is yeah. saving Private ryan it just brings you yeah. in right away
1: well the first 20 minutes of private ryan incredible some of the best shot most harrowing footage of all Incred- time right
0: but this i couldn't take my eyes off of it just the the the, the cuts the way they cut the movie the sound the visuals dubbed Him start Samson. you start you started feeling like you were losing your hearing. Beautifully oh, and incredible also, and, and, and the poem, Well, everybody. he knocks everything out of the park.
1: But also, how about the guy who runs the place? How great is that guy? He's awesome. I love I love the movie. I also love this year uh, Nomadland. Have you no. seen that?
0: I have your list.
1: Okay, so good good. I love that. I love uh, First Cow is a great movie. First Cow. Oh, yeah, you don't. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I thought this was a very good year for movies. Considering, yeah. Yeah, considering nobody can do anything. But obviously, these these are sharp. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, there's great stuff. I just started Search Party, which everyone had told me about yeah uh, someone series. told me about
0: that, that. yeah I, I i have a lot of catching up i like like i told you I, i've been i've been on this um the series documentary binge, so i'm finishing up yes. a couple of those and and, and and want to watch some of the films but
1: uh but I just want to tell people like uh, like you and I would watch all the murder stuff, and that's great, but people if you're listening um watch your murder things, but it's just just for a break watch somebody feed, Phil just <laughs> <for> <laughs> <a> break, <whatever. laughs> That's why I love him. That's why I love him.
0: <laughs> so, I, I mean, we, we, we know the answer to this one, one of his all-time... What What, what is your all-time favorite show? Do you have one? I mean, uh, besides The Honeymooners?
1: I think, I think that has to be it. For me too. Because it so affected me at a very, very early age. I have many, many shows that I absolutely treasure. You know, All in the Family, Mary Tyler Moore Taxi, The Odd Couple... Uh, The Batman of the 60s. Batman of the 60s, you love when you're six years old because it's Batman. And then when you get into college and and maybe you have some refreshments at night and watch Batman again, it has another level.
0: It's not the same. It was almost a comedy when me and you were watching it.
1: It's a comedy. And I met one of the producers when I first got to Hollywood. I met a man named Bill D'Angelo who was producing the very sitcom that I was working on my first job. He was a William P. D'Angelo. I don't know if you remember that name in the Batman credits, right? He told me a story that in the second season, when they showed up for work that, uh, Adam, Adam uh, West came to showed up for work. And when he put on his costume, He had a little paunch, a little belly that that kind of folded over a little bit over the utility belt. And all the producers were like huddled and going, oh, my God, he's got, we can't have that. And he goes, don't say a word. This is fantastic. (laughs) That's where they were coming from. They were doing kind of a fun, campy take on a comic book. And it works totally on that level. There's real comedy there. And they're playing it straight and they're really funny but dangelo said that adam west was not in on the joke that he was running to the bat poles that way because that's how he ran to the bat poles and his seriousness was the way he would deliver it as as a, as as
0: a serious actor yeah he did, he, did, he did, yeah superhero. he didn't get it well, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well we laughed man they oh they my god about,
1: you know that's why That's why you have writing and directing, right? And producing is because even if the actor isn't with you and they're doing their thing, you can still get the message out about what your intentions are. So for a little kid, it works as Batman. Bow, Pam, splat, right? (laughs) But for us, now we can go, this is the most brilliant satire ever made.
0: Do you have a favorite villain? I
1: have a favorite villain. Uh, it's funny. Well, uh, I remember uh, having a funny feeling about when I would watch uh, Julie Newmar as Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I think she's my favorite yeah. villain for
0: some reason. Everybody loves Raymond.
1: That was all right.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, sixty-nine Primetime Emmy nominations, fifteen wins, twenty-one SAG nominations, Golden Globe, Satellite Awards. And, and I still watch it. Me and Fina watch it at night because it's something for me. Everybody loves Raymond is a, it's, it's, it's feel good. It's traditional, it's traditional comedy. It's family. And, and as you know, I'm, I'm lose. I lost, I lost my dad. My mom is, is ill. And I, I, it's, it's, in it it makes me feel, it puts me in a different place when I watch Everybody Loves Raven, seeing that interaction with everybody. Do you ever look back on it? Or it's, it, you just, you, 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 I've been there, I've done that. It's kind of like how I feel with The Wire. I, I I don't watch The Wire. I never really talk about it. Uh, uh,
1: I if, if Lily has it on, she likes to watch it now and then. Right, uh, And I pass by, I'll sit with her. And and watch it, and I, you know, at this age, you know, this. I know that. Yes, twenty five
0: years.
1: So, so, so I'm, I'm now this old guy, who doesn't remember a lot of the (laughs) episode. Like, I wonder what happened here, in this episode. So I watched just to see what happened, and I laughed because why? The guys are funny. They're funny. The, the The cast was perfect, and I was really, really lucky, you know, but. You mentioned those nice awards and everything, but just you saying that you still watch it.
0: There's not a week that goes by that
1: I don't watch it. It's. That's everything to me. The fact that we could make something and it could maybe endure for years is the biggest reward. Right. That because you don't know if it's going to last. You don't know if some studio guy is going to give you the stupidest note you ever heard and it's never going to even get on. You never know. So for all these things to have happened to the point where 25 years after we first made it, you would say you still watch it and enjoy it. That's like, that's not hitting the jackpot. That has, you have to hit the jackpot over and over and over and over again for that to happen. Right. So I feel like you will never, I know this is your first episode of this, but I'm telling you right now, you will never speak to anyone luckier than me. That's, great. that's yeah. That's how I think.
0: Phil. Uh, there's a there's a, a point in my podcast where it's 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 Dom's hot seat where <laughs> I, I ask some. Hey, you're good at that because
1: you set the house on fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now that's comedy, man. There you go. That's, that's cool. comedy. We did a book back, Dom. Uh <laughs> what are your biggest pet peeves, Phil? Stupid questions. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh are you sticking with that?
1: Okay. I don't like when the restaurant's too loud and I can't hear you.
0: That I do know.
1: That's old man yeah. talk, right? That's and the older, I, I, I get, the more I hate it.
0: I witnessed that. Um I don't <laughs> like it either. Right? Uh you're you're on a karaoke stage. What song are you singing?
1: Uh the only one I know all the words to, Thunder Road.
0: Ooh, I knew it. Uh, I knew it was gonna. Ah, yep, nice. I knew it. Uh, a movie that made
1: you cry. Uh, it, it could happen any movie. I cry. I'll cry at Mary Poppins. I'll cry at, You know, I can cry it at, at the blink of a. At a commercial, right? Uh, a movie that will make in terms of dim make you cry. You know, there's there's the ones you expect, but then there's the ones that are just beautiful and make you cry, right? Like, when it's yeah. she, gorgeous, it'll make me cry because it's so well done. You know, I could cry. It, yeah, it cry just hits Jaws. you. It
0: sneaks up on you. It no, but I, can cry, I can
1: cry at Jaws at the, at the at the expertise of that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something When something is so well done, or like seeing, you know, Bruce Springsteen, I'll never forget it. When I first saw him, I think I saw him in 1980, and I had waited, you know, there was no... There wasn't MTV. There wasn't, I I don't think, I I thought I saw him maybe one tiny film clip in the No Nukes movie where I got a glimpse of him. I've been listening to bootlegs on audio cassette of his concerts and, and his albums, of course. And I was like, gotta see him. I gotta see him. I gotta see him. And that first moment when I saw him, when he came on stage, it was like a lightning bolt. I never saw anything like it where it all came together. I wept at how genius and thrilling and great He was, and that'll happen if I, if I hear, you know, a beautiful singer, you know, uh, 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 certain songs from, from women or from, from men, it doesn't matter. Great is great and make me cry.
0: Me too. Same, same here. Same here. If you, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice, how old are you and what's that piece of advice?
1: That, that advice that I just told you, do the show you want to do because they, in the end, they're going to cancel you anyway, right? If I yeah. had that confidence to do that as a kid, I probably would have spared myself some anxiety. Yeah.
0: It's how I feel. It's how I feel about what I told you. right Who, Who's your uh, who's your hero, Phil?
1: You? Because <laughs> <laughs> look at you. You're making a thing for yourself. you're making a podcast. you're trying all the different ways to keep going. That's heroic to me when people do stuff when on their own. I tell my kids, no one's gonna, <laughs> you gotta write your own ticket. Nobody's out there thinking, oh, I I wonder what Dom's doing today. Shouldn't I write something for Dom to be in right now? No, they're thinking of their own thing. Yes, there may be a part for you in in something, but there's no one who's gonna look out for you the way you have to look out for you. So anyone who does that, who makes it on their own, who who writes their own ticket? That's everything. So there are heroes all around us. And the, the superheroes now, of course, are our first responders and the, the doctors and nurses who put themselves in harm's way to, to, to help the the sick. You know, those are those are superheroes. Those are superheroes.
0: My heroes, I could tell you that. Right? Um here's here's some social media questions. Uh-oh. Okay, this is uh Jamie at Jamie, Jamie dash D. What meal would best represent Marie and the family?
1: Oh, a giant Italian meal that no one could possibly finish. <laughs> yeah. Lasagna? It would have everything. It would, be, yeah. it would be, you know, Ray had a joke like if you, if you said, I don't want any more to my mother, that meant you would have two more servings. Right. Yeah. If you really don't want anymore, you have to shoot. I, that's actually
0: in one of his early bits, too. Like if you see him on Comic Strip or something like that, uh, that and the key bit. Uh, Richard okay. David Lacone, Le, uh, were you inspired by the late Anthony Bourdain?
1: Yeah. Everyone, everyone who travels or eats, not just on television, but in life, owes him a debt because he reinvented a genre, a whole genre. That's now, you know, I'm not the only one doing it. But, but I did see a niche for myself and to do it in a different way than he did. But he, talking about superhero, he was an adventurer and, and, a, and a very brave guy and a brilliant guy and a brilliant writer. Brilliant. Besides. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, he look how he evolved from a chef who was... You know, trying some things to where he had his CNN show where he was a a journalist. Right?
0: Yeah. Wish he was around. It's great. I really do. Uh, Jim Lehan, did you ever consider a career in stand up comedy?
1: Tried it one night when I was 19 at the local uh, amateur night in the Little Jazz Club bar. In Nyack, New York, near where I lived in Rockland County. And I followed a trumpet player. And I got up there with my little jokes. And, you know, there were a few tables here. And then behind the tables was the bar. And the bar didn't, they didn't be quiet. They they weren't quiet when the comedian on Amateur Night was on. They were there to drink and talk to their friends. And so that din, all I had done was the school plays where they come and they sit and they listen to you. Quiet. This was so unnerving to me. You know, the flop sweat from the first moment. I and know it. I thought after 30 seconds, and I finished my 10 minutes, but I thought after 30 seconds, I'm never doing this again. And I never did.
0: You know, I had a moment like that when, when we were shooting, uh, when we were doing, oh God, I, 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 when we were doing one of the uh, the live tapings for the Winklers, and it's the only time I, I stumbled a line. That's nothing. And, right. But for me, it was... Yeah. And, and I apologized.
1: That's hilarious. Because it happens only... Every taping,
0: and Phil and um, Henry Winkler goes. Don't you don't have to apologize? Of
1: course not.
0: And, and it, 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 I was, and it, I just calmed down and got back on the horse. Yes, and kept and, and, and kept it going. But
1: I, I I that I know that feeling. No, I, I understand I, that, it. I understand it. But you you weren't like when you stumbled the line going i never act again. <laughs> That's what I did when I was a stand-up. I love comedians. Yes, me too. I think it's one of the hardest things. This comedian I just saw for the first time, even though this special was taped two years ago, it's on Netflix. There's a, a, a Chinese comedian. He's a correspondent on The Daily Show. His name is Ronnie Chang. Have you seen him? Right. Yeah, yeah, I have. Hysterical. Just saw him last night for the first time hysterical
0: so phil uh, what do you got going on now you have the cookbook I'm gonna have lunch you're working on that you're gonna have lunch well yeah <laughs> that's about right
1: there is a somebody feed phil cookbook coming i'm so excited it'll come out like a, it'll be a year from now but it'll it'll come out and and uh I, I i'm i'm thrilled because all the chefs from around the world that we've met are contributing a recipe. It's fantastic. It's going to be like the best cookbook in the world, and they'll have photos and behind-the-scenes stuff and funny stories. I hope, and and you know, it's going to be massive. I think this.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I was really excited when you when you told me you, that's what you were working on.
1: And I'm, I'm working with a great person who's like you know collating all the stuff for me, doing all the heavy lifting, and uh, you know they'll put my stupid face on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Phil, thank you. For being my very first guest on this podcast, and um, you, you just make you. everything better.
1: Wait till you get the bill. No. Wait.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, hold on. Okay. Wait, I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> you did. Uh, I love you, buddy.
1: I love you, Dominic. Come on, when are you let's end this uh, COVID nonsense, so you can come here and uh, eat. And if you know what, here's what I do for you. Pick any room in the house you want. And set it on fire. <laughs> He's so kind. <laughs> Whatever you want, Tom. thank you, Phil. See you soon.
0: Love you, buddy. Bye, bye.